0: So if if a voice in your head says, I need you to rob five banks and then feed all the homeless people in the city, and you say, okay, God, no, that's not God. God is not going to use an evil mean to satisfy anything else. So it might sound good, but there's a lie in there somewhere. And that's how the devil got Adam and Eve. There was some truth in there, but there was a lie mixed in as well. So when you hear the word of God, that's when you begin to develop an ear for what God's voice sounds like. And he speaks to your heart. He speaks to your spirit, man. All right, let's go. So here's what the word of God is saying today. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Who do we imitate? In what? Why? All right, you can look right up at the screen. Who do we imitate? In what? Why? Why? When I'm satisfied with the response and volume of the room, I'll move on. Who do we imitate? And what? Everything. Why? His children. Man, we could just park there, right? Like his word is so good. Like even one verse is just so good because it's so pure and so true. What do we do? We imitate God. And everything that we do, because we are his dear dear children, live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Repeat after me. Clean heart, heart. right right spirit. So as you hear the word, it cleans your heart. Every time you have an encounter with the Bible, with the word of God, with scripture, with truth, it washes your heart. Because to live in this world is to have encounters with filth. To live in this world is to see commercials, to see things on uh, television, to see things on your phone, to hear things at work, to see things in public. So to live in this world is to have interactions with filth. And in order to counteract these interactions, we need truth. Church, can you say truth? Because this world is operated by a a God, little g, called the devil, and he's a father of all lies. So the majority of the things that you see out there is going to be lies. The commercials, lies. Use this and we'll get the stain out better than this. Lies. Made out of the same thing. Use this, and we can reverse the, the, the aging of your face. Lies. Take this volume, it'll do lies. Why? Because the love of money is the root of all evil. And so, especially in capitalism, when they're asking for your dollar, the person behind that asking, usually, unless they're a righteous person, is fueled by the love of money. And anyone that is fueled by the love of money does not love God, so they must be attached to the liar. So, when you hear the word of God, it washes you from the filth and impurity of the world. Listen to verse three, because the water is about to turn on. When you read the word of God, the water turns on to wash your heart. So listen to this, washing. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Did you hear that? Those things have no place among God's people. So what does that mean? The word of God comes to wash you clean of all that stuff. So if we have sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among us, the word says these are sins and they have no place among God's people. So what is this word coming to do? To wash those things away from us. Let's keep going. Obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure, this is the word of God, listen, you can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of God, of Christ, and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Church, can you say truth? Truth. Listen to this truth. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Let me tell you something about truth the truth hurts, but you still need it. The truth is strong and powerful, but you still need to have an interaction with it. You still need to be washed by the truth because God does not lie. Everything he said will come to pass. Verse 8, verse 7 rather, don't participate in the things these people do. For once You were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light, for this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Holy Spirit is saying we have to rewind to back to verse 7. Don't participate in the things these people do. And do you know what? We can be guilty by association sometime. So that is why we have to be careful even of what we watch and listen to. So you might say, well, I'm not fornicating and I'm not doing this and I'm not doing that. But if it's on your phone screen or your television screen, 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 You are subjecting yourself to it, and if you don't turn the channel or get it out of your sight, it means that you are in agreement with it and also that you are enjoying it and becoming one with it. Church, can you say amen? You're saying amen because it's true. You're saying amen because verse 7 says don't participate in these things, right? Verse 10, carefully, this is good, this is, this is how, so he's washing us with his word, but he's not content for us to just have a clean heart. He wants us to have a right spirit, a willing spirit. So verse 10 begins to show us and shift us towards a right spirit. Listen to what verse 10 says. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Church, say this with me. I will carefully determine What pleases the Lord? Come on. (laughs) Because we all want our sins forgiven. We all want to be washed, but we need to have a desire to stay clean. So after the washing of the word, God is saying, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Man, that would keep us from so much mess and so much filth if we had a constant determination that we are going to please the Lord. Verse 11. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Remember, take no part in them. So, just because you're not doing them, if you're watching them and you're not stopping them, then you're participating with it. Take no part. Church, can you say no part? Man, we got work to do. Because these phones, I promise you, they bring every part of evil to us if we desire they do. These televisions, they bring every part of evil that they desire if, if we desire them to. It says, take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Uh-oh. Instead, what does it say? Expose them. It is shameful to even talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret, but their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them, for the light makes everything visible. How many have been seeing that this year already? that the light has been shining on celebrities, politicians, pastors. The light is going to make its way around, right, and shine on the works of darkness. So that is why the Bible says, not you, make sure that you're washed by his word and make sure that you are carefully determining what pleases the Lord. For the light makes everything visible. That is why it is said, awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray For those that have gathered here today, God, your command is that we be filled with the Holy Spirit. Lord, if there are those individuals in this room right now who have not been filled with your Holy Spirit. Lord, would you awaken that desire so that they would cry out to you and ask? Because your word says that what father would give their son a stone if it was asking for bread? How much more will you give the Holy Spirit to those who simply ask? So God, may this resonate in this room right now. If we don't have the fullness of the Holy Spirit, all we have to do is ask and believe and he will fill us. So, Father, in this faith-filled moment, if anyone asks for the Holy Spirit, I ask that you would fill them now in Jesus' name. Amen. Take just a moment and ask. We're going to take a moment and ask. Ask the Lord to fill you with the Holy Spirit. I don't want you to just know about the Holy Spirit. I want you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Each of you, just ask, even if you're already filled, just say, Lord, fill me again. Fill me and overflow me with your Holy Spirit. So important, church, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 19 says, Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Church, why do we submit to one another out of what reverence. reverence for Christ? Verse twenty-two. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of his church of the church. He is the Savior of the body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. For husbands, this means love your wives, just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. And here's the the highlighted verse that I want you all to really focus on right now, and it's this. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of what? God's word. So listen to what Jesus did for his church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of what? God's word. What cleanses us? God's word. So the so uh, I thought about this example this morning. If I were to go into my kids' bathroom and take out all the soap, all the towels, the toothpaste, the mouthwash, the deodorant, the perfumes, the body spray, and I were to say, boy, get in there and take a shower. Then all of a sudden, I hear the water turn on for about three minutes and turn off, and then I see him go into his room and start playing his video game again, or her in her room on her phone again, or the youngest one somewhere playing with his toys. And if I were to say, hey, you take a shower, and they say, yeah, Dad, didn't you hear the water? I was in there, took a shower. It's like, well, I stuck out all the soap, so what did you use? Um, uh, uh. How many can see teenagers doing that? Some of you did it when you were teenagers, too. Without the word, there is no washing. So if the Lord were to say, or if pastor were to say, or if someone that really loves you were to say, hey, have you been in the word this week? It's no different than me saying, hey, son, have you been, did you take a shower? There is no cleansing of the physical body without soap. And there is no cleansing of the spirit or the soul without the word. So we know what happens to the human body when you haven't come into contact with soap in a while, don't we? As we also know what happens to the soul and to the mind when we don't come in contact with the word of God for a while. Do we understand this? See, reading the Bible is not just some religious thing that you should do. Reading the Bible and having an interaction with the word of God is a must. Because we see it's how Jesus cleansed his church. So it says here, he gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. So this is the beautiful thing about having the Holy Spirit live on the inside of you. Because Damian Tibbs could have a thought that is dirty and impure and nasty and sinful, but the Holy Spirit can speak to me and just wash it right away. How? Because of the word of God that lives in me. When you have the word of God hidden in your heart, it is, it is able to cleanse you from all unrighteousness and sin. But if you don't hide the word in your heart, you've got no soap in the bathroom. If you don't hide the word in your heart, there's no cleansing agent. So that is why we must understand that without the word, we are dirty and impure and we'll become more and more like the world when we stay away from the word. Let's keep going. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. Say this with me, church. If I read and receive the word, I will be presented to God as a glorious church, without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, I will be holy and without fault. Come on, give God praise for that. That's the importance of the Word of God. So when we don't read the Word of God, nor have any contact with the Word of God, we're in danger of not being the glorious church, having spots and wrinkles, having blemishes, not being holy, and being with fault. So the Bible is not just some app on your phone that you're trying to read for the next 365 days. The Bible is the power of God and the word of God that can cleanse your very soul and present you as faultless to our father in heaven. The Bible is not just some religious activity that you should do when you wake up or when you go to sleep. All eternity is riding on the word of God because Jesus Christ is the word of God. And when you have an encounter with the word of God, you're having an encounter with Jesus. So as you read your Bible, just picture yourself, picture Jesus with you as you read your Bible. And as you read your Bible, he's doing this, just cleansing you and washing you. As you read the word of God and believe it, you begin to see the different errors like, oh man, I, I, I led my children. I, I stirred up wrath in my children. and The Bible says, don't do that. I shouldn't have done that. The Bible says that I should be slow to speak and quick to hear. And I've really been going off on a lot of people. Oh, man, the word says that I should do that. And the word just begins to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. But if you don't have any contact with the word, then you're automatically like an armpit. You can't clean an armpit just once. Not a lot of amens in here. <laughs> you can't clean an armpit just once. An armpit, after a certain age, needs continual renewing. And that is why, <laughs> excuse me, the word of God lets us know that our minds must be renewed by the word of God every day, or it'll go back to that stinking way of thinking because the world, does not, the world does not produce righteousness. So when you go to work, they're gonna be cussing, they're gonna be doing this and that because the world does not produce righteousness. When you get on your phone, when you get on television, you're gonna see all kind of filth, why? Because the world does not produce righteousness. There's only one place that righteousness comes from, And it's from Jesus. Say this with me, church. Lord, I need you. Oh, come on. We need him longer than just that moment of where we say, Lord, please forgive me of my sins and trespasses. I need you every step of the way to my dying day. I need you, Holy Spirit, to present me faultless and preserve me. Holy Spirit, I need you to check me. Come on, I need real-time checking. I need real-time correction. I don't want to be so deep in sin that I say, Lord, how did I get here? I want to hear from God when I pick my foot up to speak, before I even put it down in the wrong direction. David said, Lord, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light into my path. That's why we need the word of God. We we need the word of God. We need to believe it and we need to receive it as well. Why? Because his words are spirit and they are life. Let's go to John chapter 6, verses 53 through 69 says this. So Jesus said again, I tell you the truth. Church, can you say truth? I tell you the truth. So the truth is telling the truth. The truth comes from the truth. No different than when Jesus sat on the well and offered the lady living water. So the well was sitting on a well and the truth came from the truth. So Jesus, anytime he talks, he's telling the truth because he cannot lie. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the truth. So the devil can't tell the truth he can only produce after his own kind. The Bible says that the devil is the father of lies. So that's all he can do is lie. Jesus is only the truth. So Jesus said again, I tell you the truth. So this is how we know whether it's the devil talking to you. See, Cause we got three voices that we deal with. We deal with God's voice. We can deal with the devil's voice and we can deal with our own voice, okay? And we need to know that only God's voice is good. Can you say this with me? Only God, only God. has a voice that is good. That's it. The devil's a liar, and without, without God, you're a mess. Without God, your thoughts are terrible. Without God, your thoughts are carnal. They're selfish and they're wicked. So we need the thoughts of God. We need the mind of Christ. That's the beauty of having unity in him and being born again. Say amen. And having a new spirit is that the truth comes to live inside of us. But Jesus said again, I tell you the truth. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you cannot have eternal life within you. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise that person at the last day. For my flesh, what he's saying, my bread, my body, I am, is true food. Remember what he said when the devil tempted him? The devil tempted him to turn stones into bread. And he said that man cannot live by bread alone, but by every what? Word that comes out of the mouth of God. So his word is truth. His word is bread. His word is life. For my flesh, my body is true food and my blood is true drink. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. So anyone who receives his word as truth, that who, and ingests his word and is transformed by his word and believes on his death. By drinking his blood, we believe that he was the son of God. We believe that he died on the cross for our sins. We drink that blood by faith saying, it's this blood that saves me. He says, to those, they remain in him and I in him. Verse 57, I live because of the living father who sent me. In the same way, anyone who feeds on me, come on, read that word, receive that word, will live because of me. I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will not die as your ancestors did, even though they ate the manna, but will live forever. So even when these bodies die, listen, Christians don't die, they just move. You hear what I'm saying? We don't die. These bodies die, but we're going to live forever with Jesus the King. You've got to know that, okay? He said these things while he was teaching in the synagogue of Capernaum. Verse 60, many of his disciples said, this is very hard to understand. How can anyone accept it? Jesus was aware that his disciples were complaining. So even in this room right now, there are thoughts that God can hear. And he would always do that when he was with people. I know the thoughts of your heart right now. You're saying, well, well, who can do this? How is this possible? So he said to them, does this offend you? Then what will you think if you see the Son of Man ascend to heaven again? The Spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I have spoken to you are what, church? Spirit and life. What is God's word? Spirit and life. Verse 64. But some of you do not believe me. For Jesus knew from the beginning which ones didn't believe him, and he knew who would betray him. Then he said, That is why I said that people can't come to me unless the Father gives them to me. At this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the twelve and asked, Are you also going to leave? Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and we know you are the Holy One of God. Church, please repeat after me. Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and we know you are the Holy One of God. You know what I can't wait for? I can't wait to see all of you in heaven. That's just going to be so amazing to be in heaven. I'm like, we did it. We made it. Praise the Lord. I don't have to listen to you preach about it anymore. I'm here. (laughs) All right. We made it. Praise God. Thank you, Pastor, for listening to the Holy Spirit and telling us the truth. Thank you for not teaching us about what you wanted to teach us about. Thank you for aiming our hearts at heaven and telling us about the necessity of a clean heart and a right spirit. And church, a right spirit is a willing spirit. Can you stand to your feet? We're not done. Don't get excited. But just stand to your feet for a moment. We're going to recite this together on the screen, starting at Psalms 119, 1 through 16. We're going to read this together. So David asked God for a clean heart and a right spirit. The clean heart was, God, I I. Committed adultery with Bathsheba. I had a child with her. Uh, I had her husband murdered. I am so dirty and I see this sin before me. I can't, everywhere I look, I see my sin. I am so wrong. God, please create in me a clean heart. I can't live like this anymore. But don't stop there, God. I need a willing spirit. Church, can you say willing spirit? That's what a right spirit is. A right spirit is a willing spirit. A clean heart has been washed by God's word, but a willing spirit is one that says, you know what? My spirit is willing to obey God. My spirit receives this as truth and is willing to walk after it. So let's listen to what Psalms 1 through 16 says. Let's read it together. Ready, go. Joyful are people of integrity, who follow the instructions of the Lord joyful are those who obey his laws and search for him with all their hearts they do not compromise with evil and they walk only in his paths you have charged us to keep your commandments carefully Oh, that my actions would consistently reflect your decrees. Then I will not be ashamed when I compare my life with your commands. As I learn your righteous regulations, I will thank you by living as I should. I will obey your decrees. Please don't give up on me. How can a young person stay pure by obeying your word? I have tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I praise you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. I have recited aloud all the regulations you have given us. I have rejoiced in your laws as much as in riches. I will study your commands and reflect on your ways. I will delight in your decrees and for, and not forget your word. Church, can you say I will? Say it again, I will. will. Again, I will. will. So it's, thank you, Jesus. So it's not just about having a clean heart. It's about having a willing spirit as well, saying, I will, I will, I will, right? So repeat after me. I will will. not be ashamed. ashamed. I I will obey your decrees. I will study your commands. I will delight in your decrees. All right, have a seat. Praise God. So what I'm seeing here is that the word does not only wash your heart, but, but through the word, faith comes as well, right? Because faith comes by what? hearing. So when we hear the word, it not only washes us, but produces faith inside of us, which empowers the willing spirit, right? So when you read the word, it should produce in you a faith that makes your spirit active to say, I will. Amen. So there must be a willingness to know his word, right? Let's start there. Come on. Let's pray that. Father, Please give me a willingness to know your word, a willingness to hear and read your word, a willingness to believe your word, and a willingness to do your word. Come on, that's what completes the cycle because you can know what is right and still not do it. So that's what we're trusting God for as we read his Holy Scripture and have his spirit living inside of us that we will be constantly washed by truth but also have a willingness to do what is right. So Lord, we thank you for a willing spirit. Let's go to James chapter one, beginning in verse 19. Listen to what the word of God says and we're almost done. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives. What is the word doing? Getting rid of all the filth and evil in our lives. And humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts. For it has the power to do what? Save Save your souls. What does the word of God have the power to do? Save your souls. So yes, Jesus died on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins and saved our souls. But the word of God, God, I'm sorry, Jesus is the word. So that's why this statement can be in the Bible equal with the salvation that we received on the cross Because Jesus is saying that the word of God that has been planted in our hearts has the power to save your souls. Now, do you understand why the devil would not want you reading your Bible? Because misery loves company. He desires that we all be plunged into darkness forever with him. So in your carnality, in your humanity, there will never be a desire to read the word. That is a spiritual action, a spiritual activity. You need a washed heart and a renewed mind to even desire the things of the Bible. Verse 22 tells us this. It's talking about our willingness now. But don't just listen to God's word. You must what? Do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully, into the perfect law, the word of God that sets you free. And if you do what it says, and don't forget what you heard, what will happen? Then God will bless you for doing it. If you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself, and your religion is worthless. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father Means caring for orphans and widows and their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. By a show of hands, how many have said or heard this phrase? It's not about religion, it's about relationship. If you've ever heard that or even said it, can you raise your hand? It's not about religion, it's about relationship, but that's not all the way true. It's about religion and relationship, but it's about pure religion. Church, can you say pure religion? The Bible says here that pure and genuine religion in the sight of God, right? So man, that's good right there because there's a religion that makes you look good in the sight of men just like how you guys got up and came to church and your neighbors saw you looking nice and going to church. All right. Looks good in the sight of men, but that's not the religion we're after. Let me hear you shake your let me see you shake your head no. That's not the religion we're after. We're not after a religion that makes us look good in the sight of men because the Bible says there's a pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father, and that is this. Here's your religion care for orphans and widows in their distress, and refuse to let the world corrupt you. So it's about pure religion and relationship. And we see that the only way we're able to do this is because of the function of the Holy Spirit. John 1, 14 tells us, so the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness and we have seen his glory, the glory of the father's one and only son. Church, can you say the word came down? The word of God came down as a man and that man's name was Jesus. But John 16, verses five through 15 say this, but now I am going away to the one who sent me. And not one of you is asking where I am going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate, the helper, the Holy Spirit won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Church, what is the world's sin? It refuses to believe in him righteousness is available because I go to the father and you will see me no more judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged there is so much more I want to tell you but you can't bear it now when the spirit of truth comes he's a spirit of what truth man wow so i just told you that the god of this world is the father of lies so what spirit did god send to the world the spirit of what truth oh my goodness so if the superpower of the devil that runs this little uh the little g god of this world is lies then God said, I got to go away and I got to send my spirit in you so that you can have a superpower living inside of you called what? Starts with a T. Truth. Hallelujah. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. So the spirit tells us what he's heard from Jesus and Jesus is the word. He sent his spirit to do what? Lead and guide us into all truth. He sent his spirit to remind us of his word. He sent his spirit to make sure that in a world full of lies, we know the way to go. Then we see David in Psalm 51 verses 10 through 12. He speaks of the importance of the Holy Spirit. This man who was so rich, this man who is the, a giant slayer, who is very popular, who was loved by many. Here's what he says. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal, a willing spirit within me. But listen to what he said after that. Do not banish me from your presence and don't take what? your Holy Spirit from me. He didn't say, don't take the kingdom, don't take my wife, don't take my riches, don't take my fame, don't take my throne. He says, don't take your Holy Spirit away from me. You can have everything else, but please, God, don't push me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and do what? Make me, what church? Willing to obey you. So it's not just about having your sins forgiven. It's about having a willingness to obey. That's what completes us. Not to just know the truth, but to perform the truth and to love God while we do it. The importance of the Holy Spirit is Romans eight fourteen. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The importance of the Holy Spirit is Ephesians chapter 1, 12 and 14. God's purpose was that we Jews who were the first to trust in Christ would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the what? Truth the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit who we promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. Psalms 1, 1 through three lets us know the importance of being connected to the right people. So I know we've got friends that are not saved, family that is not saved, coworkers who are not saved, but we got to be careful who we're connected to and in relationship with. Psalms 1 verses 1 through 3 say this, oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with the mockers, but they, listen, They delight in the law of the Lord, the word of God, meditating on it day and night. What happens to them? They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. What happens to their leaves? Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do just by meditating on the word of God. So not being on um, LinkedIn, to find your next job, not looking for different ways to bless yourself, but the Bible says, if I just meditate on the word of God, he will bless me. I will be like a tree planted by the river bank. Finally, church, I leave you with this. Now that we know that in order to have a clean heart, It's one that's washed by the blood of Jesus Christ, washed by the word of God. We've learned that a willing spirit is one that is willing to receive the word of God, believe the word of God, and then do the word of God, a willingness to do it. I'll obey you. We must now finally pursue him. Matthew 6.33 says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Let's stand to our feet. You've been washed by the word. You've asked God to give you a willing spirit, a loyal spirit, one that's not divided between the world and God. We must know that Satan is not to blame for every evil fall and pursuit that we have. Many times it's our own carnal and worldly mind. So he alone must be your heart's first and steady pursuit. And just because God is always present, doesn't mean that we always acknowledge him. God's at your job, God's at your home, God's in your car, he's everywhere. But just because God is always present, doesn't mean that we always acknowledge him. So we must pursue that, he must be pursued. Final verses right here. James chapter four, verses five through eight say this. Do you think the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate, that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. Let's park right there for a moment. Do you think the scriptures have no meaning? Meaning they say that God is what? Passionate, that the spirit he placed within us should be what? Faithful to him. So God put a spirit inside of you, his own spirit, and he is passionate that that spirit would be willing. So when you say, Lord created me a clean heart, you're saying forgive me of my sins, wash me by your word, but there must also be a willingness. And he said that God is passionate, that the spirit placed place within you should be faithful to him. And he gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud. Those that say, I don't need you. I don't need all this. I don't need the word. I'll do what I want. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So listen to these final commands in these last two verses. So humble yourselves before God Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So if you feel like the devil's really been active in your life, attacking your family, attacking your finances, attacking your body, the Bible says this, Humble yourselves before God. And why would you even do this? Because He put a spirit inside of you that He's passionate that will be faithful to Him. So God is saying, listen, humble yourself to me, resist the devil, and He will, not He might, He will flee from you. From who? You. When I say from who, you say me. From who? Me. From who? So listen to me, God put a spirit inside of you that he's passionate, that would be willing to be faithful to him. And he's given you much grace. And he says, if you humble yourself before him and you resist the devil, the devil will flee from who? From you. Then it says, verse eight, come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. It is only intimacy with God that cleanses us. So church, please, I've got to do better. You've got to do better. We've all got to do better. The, The absolute closest on earth that you can get to God, number one is having a knowing that he already lives in you, right? That you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. But if you want intimacy with God, fellowship and to be cleansed by him, we must pick up our Bibles and we must let them read us. Too many of us try to read the Bible. No, 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 no. It's so that the Bible might read you, that the Bible might locate you in uh, in your sin and locate you in, in a place where you need encouragement, locate you when you are sick and you read a verse that says that my God is the God who heals. My God is the God who supplies all of my needs. Church, there must be a willingness to pick up these Bibles again. By show of hands, how many of you have a physical Bible at home? You've got a physical Bible at home. If you don't and you want one, make sure you get with us or just grab a Bible from that back corner on the windowsill. There's Bibles back there. I've got homework for each of us this week. I know the Bible's on your phone, but so is Facebook. I know the Bible's on your laptop, but so is other stuff. This week, church, for the next seven days, can we commit ourselves to actually pick up our physical Bibles and let them read us? Let them read you. So when you read the Bible, that means that you can read something and nothing happens. But if the Bible reads you, You read the Bible, you see the scripture, you have an encounter with the Word of God, you say, oh God, I have fallen short in this area, please forgive me. Or you're feeling weak, you're feeling discouraged, and the Word of God comes to you and says, I want you to be strong and courageous only. And those words grab a hold of you like, oh Lord, okay, I'm going through something real tough right now. But in Joshua, the Bible says, be strong and be courageous only. Oh, God, I thank you for your word. Because what did it do in that moment? It washed away my fear, washed away my discouragement. Come on, we need an interaction with Jesus. The woman with the issue of blood did not say, if I just walk by Jesus, I'll be healed. No, she said, if I but touch the hem of his garment, I know I will be healed. And something happened in that moment. He said, who touched me? So when you read your Bible and have faith in what you've read and processed, there should be a sound from heaven that says, who touched me? Who touched me? Who believed me? Who received my word? I felt, this is what Jesus said, I felt virtue leave from out of me. Someone touched me. The same thing can happen over and over again. When we pick up the word of God, Jesus Christ was the word made flesh. And when we have encounters in the word and we believe him, he will say, who touched me? The only reason I stand here is over 11 years ago, I had to have a kidney transplant or I was gonna die. God spoke to me after my first dialysis treatment. He spoke his word to me and he said my grace is sufficient for you and I believed that I knew right then I wasn't gonna die. I knew right then I wasn't gonna die. I knew that I was gonna have to go through it but I wouldn't be alone because he said, my grace is sufficient for you. And so for in order for me to receive his grace, that means he's gotta be so close to me in my sickness, so close to me in my trouble, that I can have deposits of his grace when I'm feeling low, deposits of his grace when I feel like I'm weak and dying and all these things are surrounding me and death is at my doorstep. I can reach for him because he promised, my grace is sufficient for you. And every time I believe him, every time I'm weak and say, Lord, I feel so weak, but your word says, let the weak say they are strong. So, Lord, I say I am strong. Then, whoosh, virtue leaves him because I believed on him and I received strength. Come on. If you believe in Jesus, then I'm going to need you to believe in his word. If you love Jesus, then I'm going to need you to love his word. If you receive Jesus as your savior, then I need you to receive Jesus as Lord in his word. And he says this, church, if you love me, do what? Obey my commandments. Let's bow our heads at this time. Whew. Lord, Lord, Create in us a clean heart and renew the right spirit in us, oh God. Father, we're about to dismiss, and I won't see some of these people again for seven days. But you will see them, and I pray as they open their Bibles this week, they will see you too, God. May they have a constant meditation upon your word because you will lead them and guide them. Some of them have decisions to make, big decisions to make this week, God. But your word says, lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Father, I pray this. Church, say this with me. Lord, as I read your word this week, Speak to me. And as you speak, I will hear and obey. In Jesus' name, amen. If there's anyone here today that wants to make Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior, maybe you've backslidden, maybe you've been off the path for a while, but you've heard this message today and